This podcast is part of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed may not reflect those of other podcasts or affiliates of this show or Gunna Geek. Check out other geeky podcasts at GunnaGeek.com. And get ready because geekiness commences in three, two, one. Did you want to actually start on time 20 minutes late? Yeah, because that's... The way my life goes with you. Is it? Oh, with me. Oh, with me. Oh, get into it. No, tell me all about how my Google Chrome crashed. Yeah. F*** the Google. I don't think you want to say that on record. They can hear you now. We're broadcasting five of them. We're actually on the Google, aren't we? We are on the Jiggles, yes. I actually have like a re... uh, an okay Comcast story. Well, it's a it's a story about how I had my first bad Comcast experience. Are we on the air? Are we going on air? Or are we just gonna... well? We are live, as you can see by the button that says live. And maybe you should pay attention to that in the future. Jonathan. Like I said, I'm literally looking at you. Maybe ten percent of the time. Oh my God, we're live. What are you looking at the rest of the time exactly? Well, there's like so. Like my wall is it's a pretty cool shade of gray. Certainly, is it one of fifty shades of gray? Certainly, it looks better than you do. Um, I look at my my bookshelf, and I have some some binders, <laughs> binders tax documents, binders full of women, tax documents. As you know, incredibly exciting. So uh, I thought I would start off this episode about video games by talking about Comcast because they're they're mm, moderately related to video games. Uh, you and I both get our internet service from Comcast. Um, you mean episode so, ninety eight of Unqualified Gamers, starring you and me? Right. My name's Jonathan. Your name's Cody. Uh, this is a Comcast podcast. Uh-huh. So, so I, I'll be honest. You know, Comcast has a really, really bad reputation among everyone, and I have honestly never had a bad experience with Comcast. I really haven't. I've never had. I've never dealt with like any of the garbage salesmanship. I've never dealt with like the inability to cancel something, maybe because I've only ever canceled when I've moved out of like a state or something. Um, but I was, I, I was having some problems, or I am having some problems with my internet. So, uh, a listener, viewer, I apologize if you're watching this, and I literally just cut out, because for some reason, for the past, like, week, I've been having these random internet outages, and I have pinpointed it to an actual problem with the cable, because I've redone everything with my router, uh, and by doing redone, I mean I power-cycled it multiple times, which is the way to fix all problems, and that didn't fix the problem. Uh, and my my gaming PC downstairs in my basement is hardwired into the cable modem because you got to get the best bandwidth for your gaming online, right? You have to. So I've got that hardwired in, and even that was dropping connection. So if you're hardwired into the cable modem and then the, your cable modem is dropping connection, that means it's a problem with you know either the cable going to the cable modem or the cable modem. So I called up Comcast and I'm like, okay, here's my problem. I want some help fixing it. And so she had me power cycle my router because, of course, she had me power cycle my router because that's the first thing that is literally the way. It wasn't just power cycle my router. They had me power cycle the modem, too. It was, all right, please unplug your modem for 15 seconds as well. And I said, oh, that's the thing I missed. So I did that. And, of course, it didn't fix the problem. I was still having some internet internet outages. But the problem is, is that they couldn't see the outages on their computer because 
it, they're intermittent. So in between those intermittent outages, it looks like everything, it's like it's business as usual, right? So uh, I was like, okay, so what do we do? Because like I'm dropping connection and, you know, specifically for me, when I'm in the middle of an online game of some kind, um, if there's a connection that has to be constant or I get kicked out of like out of a game for dropping, that that sucks. And I prefer not to do that. So um, I was like, yeah, th- this is a problem. I'm still having these. And she goes, oh, okay. Well, is your is your cable modem hooked up to a splitter, a cable splitter? And I said, yes, because I've got both a cable modem and a cable box down there. So it's split. I've got a cable that is split. And she goes, oh, well, m- maybe, maybe you need to just check the connection on your splitter. And I'm like, okay, that is something I didn't think of. I checked it. I literally haven't touched it ever. So it wouldn't make sense that it suddenly unscrewed itself but hey i guess weirder things have happened maybe so uh, but no the splitter was in fact still screwed in so then she's like and and here's and here's where i've had my very first comcast experience she said oh well what it probably is is you probably need to upgrade your modem to our 100 megabit modem because we're changing some of the infrastructure so you probably just need to upgrade and i said no I don't want to upgrade. I don't want to spend any more money. I want the things that I am paying for to work the way they are supposed to. And she goes, well, we're changing a lot of things over. And in order for stuff to work properly, and of course she used more Comcast terms than that, you're probably going to have to upgrade from a 50 megabyte, from a 50 megabit per second modem to 100. Keep in mind that the most I get down at any time is like 20 and I'm paying for like 50. So it's not like I'm getting what my modem is is currently capable of. And yet she's telling me that I probably need to upgrade this. And I'm like, no, I don't want to upgrade anything. I just want the stuff to work. So we went around for about five minutes, her telling me that I needed to upgrade my stuff, me telling her no, to when I finally said, I just want you to send a technician out. How much is that going to cost? And so she, she ran off the bill. And I'm like, is there any way to get them out there for cheaper? Because it was quite expensive. And so... She was like, well, I can sign you up for this month-long promotion that allows, like, free technical service to come out at any point when you need it. Just make sure you cancel it after a month or you're going to be paying, like, this amount of money every month. So, basically what I'm getting at is the whole system is a bunch of bullshit. Trying to get, like, trying to get the, the consumer to sign up for, like, various services that are on on a subscription basis like a te- like a technician like somebody would need a year like somebody is breaking their cable frequently enough that they need a subscription to a technician service right so that they offer that uh so of course i signed up for that because it was free so i just need to make sure to cancel that and then the idea that i need to rather than fix my existing problem i need to upgrade my service to fix my problem and I have never like gotten off the phone upset like with Comcast before because normally it's like my internet's out and they can see it on their computer and they're like oh yeah your internet's out let us do our magic here back at the at the home office and they do and um, sometimes that works and sometimes it didn't and they'd have to send a technician Uh, but they could always like see what was going on there but this is the first time where they like they couldn't see it but I'm still having issues and then they're trying to sell me on something really pissed me off yeah that would make me mad too yeah so that was my comp that was my comcast story so long story short i've got a technician coming out on sunday on super bowl sunday 
he's probably not going to find anything. Because everything's probably going to be working, and all my cords are, in fact, attached correctly. Well, um, yeah, Comcast sucks really hard, so I don't use them. Yeah. Google Fiber just announced they're coming to four new cities. Neither of them, uh, none of them are, uh, they are neither Chicago nor Minneapolis. So I would think that, like, Chicago, like, I think they're still piloting everything, right? Yeah. And they just announced Atlanta. So they probably did Atlanta because it was a big city, but it wasn't, like, the biggest city. Yeah, none of the top 25 cities in the country have Google Fiber. That probably makes sense, because until they, like, perfect that infrastructure, they probably don't want to try to bring it to a city that big. I can totally understand why they do that. And that's fine with me, obviously. I have no issue with that. Um, Not to mention they don't want to get fat from eating all the delicious food in Chicago. There's a lot of really delicious food in Chicago. Chicago Restaurant Week's coming up in a couple weeks, and I'm going to go buy expensive food for cheap. It's a nice little sale they do, because no one goes out in January and February. Yeah, that's the truth. Since none of you have cars there, you're all... You're all bums. That's true. None of us do have cars here. Well, uh, I'm sorry about Comcast. You seem a bit fired up about it. I, well, like I said, it was just because it was, you know, I, I watched that awesome that awesome video of, the, well, it wasn't a video, but that audio clip of that guy trying to cancel his Comcast. I'm sure you saw that oh, too. Oh, yeah. About, oh, yeah. It was viral about three months ago. And it was just very reminiscent of that immediately when she told me what I was going to need to do to fix my problem. It, it just felt it felt so much like that that I just I immediately flashed back to when I was watching how uncomfortable that situation was. Yeah, um, that sucks a lot. I, I switched to RCN um, when I moved into my own apartment, and RCN has been great. Uh, Comcast did always have issues here and there. Um, yeah, it just sucks. So I'm sorry you don't have any alternatives. I'm sorry most people don't I, have alternatives. I mean, I do have an alternative, and my, and uh, Casey and I are. are very seriously thinking about just ditching cable altogether um, because we now have Amazon Prime and Netflix. So we're thinking about just ditching cable altogether and then going with, there's a company here called CenturyLink that does high-speed internet and just internet. That sounds then good. You get it for, and you can get it for like 35 bucks a month. But then how is, would uh, Casey get her 24-hour news cycle? What about CNN and stuff? I believe they have a website uh, that is accessible through the internet, which is something we would probably still have. Um, and so she would probably use the internet. The internet. Right. So that, uh, yeah. So, um. But you're playing video games on this internet. So. Yeah. I don't actually know if the two things can happen at once. Uh, cause you, you know, if one person tries to do something or another person is using it, it makes that sh- sound. So. Mega Man dying. Mega Man dies anytime a... you try to multitask on the internet. Pew, pew, pew. So I think that that's a, I mean, then that's usually a negative sound, right? And that's not a positive sound. Correct. Uh, yes. Yeah. Right. Wow. Well, you just got right into it, didn't you? This is our. This was supposed to be our listener, our listener crowdsourced episode. Our our listener feedback, listener topics, listener appreciation. Isn't listener got... appreciation? Do we appreciate? Are we appreciate? I I appreciate all of them. I mean, I appreciate I, them, I, I, but I don't I, appreciate you. I didn't know that we were officially appreciating them. Uh, well, I've got. Look, I'm. I am prepared. I have the paper. Right. I've got the actual <sighs> paper. <clears throat> I, all right. Great. Well, there's a paper. Am I allowed to talk at all? 
in this intro, or are you just going to, like, tell your story and then go right into the paper? I would would love it if we could spend an episode where you talked. That would be fantastic. That would be great for all of us. I was going to try, and then you just... Because you have so many interesting things to say. Please, tell me something interesting. Please, I'm waiting. We're all listening. Uh... You know what? Why don't you just do the whole episode? Boring. Okay. All right. No, I actually did okay. something right before this podcast that you would have an incredible amount of interest in, ass, that you may want to hear about. You, it's a thing that I did. Did you go to the pharmacy? No, I go to the pharmacy all the time. That has nothing to do with today. But that might interest me. Well, it might if you... Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, I guess what I logged into uh, about 20 minutes ago for the first time in four and a half to five years. World of Warcraft. Uh, I have never played World of Warcraft, save for a demo. <laughs> That's not true. You did. But you played it. I played a demo for like two days and it was stupid, all right? Uh, you are very close, though. Um, Final Fantasy thirteen two. How is that in any way? <laughs> You're such a... I can't do All right, wait. Something you would have logged into. Um, your Angel Fire webpage? And World of Warcraft is close? No, I log into Angel Fire all the time. No, Battle.net. No. I was, Did you really? I have a lot of... Uh, I have some miscellaneous things around my apartment from when I moved in uh, almost two years ago because, you know, that's how moves work. Like, I have a little stack of, like... Some old CDs or something on my desk that have been rearranged several times. And I was just looking at it. Jock jams. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at it while it said, no, actually not jock jams. What is this? This is Mac OS X Leopard. A CD that has Mac OS X Leopard on it. Like, what do I need? Don't you not not have an Apple anymore? I don't know. What do I, like, what do I need this? No, this is, I have a MacBook. Anyway, this must have come with the MacBook or something. But I, I don't know why you need that. Right. So here's a there's a few miscellaneous things. I don't know why they're there or why um or why they're here in a stack. I have a bunch of burned CDs that like I need to file away somewhere. I, I have a couple like driver CDs for like drivers and things like that. And then uh, and then on the top of the pile, which should be at the bottom of no piles, I have two apparently copies of uh, the Star Wars Holiday Special. Um, which uh, one of our friends got? Those look like those look like legitimate copies. Have, yeah, they're, I think, they're I think those are pretty rare. Have you ever seen the Star Wars Holiday Special? I have. In its entirety, it is it is, it is atrocious. You must hate yourself. It is one of the worst things I've ever seen. I mean, I I watched it ironically, certainly not for my love of Star Wars. Were you Wars. sober? No, I had to stop. I literally had to stop. Like, I think I made it maybe 35, 40 minutes at the most. That's really impressive. No, and uh, yeah, and I literally, I was... Why didn't you just I, finish it up at that no, point? I mean, that's like the whole no, thing. No, 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 no. I, I couldn't. It was impossible. No. It, it was... No. If All right, listen, if you've not seen the Star Wars Holiday Special, don't. Like, there are things that are bad, and then there's things that can't be bad, and then there are things where you're like, oh, okay, this is really bad. Like, oh, that was awful. Like, no. This is literally the worst thing ever made. Like, it is the worst. It's it's probably the worst Star Wars property of any kind. It is easily the worst Star Wars property of any kind. Probably the worst science fiction property of any kind. And I owned the DVD Cybernator. Right? That's that's pretty bad. Cybernator's pretty bad. Cybernator's pretty bad, but I think it, like, 
it had one redeeming quality. I don't remember what that is, but I think it had one. But no, the Star Wars Holiday Special is the worst thing ever. Anyway, mm-hmm. I had this stack of CDs. I was setting up for the podcast. I glanced over, and on the top of the stack was StarCraft II Wings of Liberty or Civil Liberty or Civil Liberties Union or whatever it was or, or American, I don't know. The AC, ACLU. ACLU, yeah. StarCraft II ACLU. And, uh, and I was like, you know what? I've got like 15 minutes to kill before my dinner's ready and i got to start this podcast, and, and I don't have anything else to do. Let's let's do this because because I I never finished it. I only played like four four of the levels in the campaign and then kind of stopped. And okay. I was a big StarCraft fan in the day, so I said, you know what, screw it. So I went over to my computer, I turned it on, opened up Google Chrome, and I Googled download Hearthstone, and then I clicked on it, and then I popped in the DVD into my Blu-ray drive, and I installed StarCraft Two, and Hearthstone is now installed. Oh on my, my gosh, it could be so good. This could be the best thing that ever happened to you. And within. Literally 30 seconds of logging onto Battle.net, I got an IM from Will on Battle.net. It was like five separate messages. WTF, what are you doing? Why are you on here right now? And I was just like, okay, all right. You Blizzard people are fanatics. We are. We are, and Hearthstone is a very good game. Yeah, right. So uh, I officially have Hearthstone is now on my desktop. StarCraft Two is on my desktop and fully installed, minus a couple, I think it needs a couple patches that it started to download before I put my computer to sleep. So I'm now officially joining the Blizzard mobile that you have been driving so enthusiastically for the last two years. I think it's pretty. I, I legitimately think it's my favorite video game company. I know. That I know. Makes video games. I know. I, I, I really. But I told you this would be exciting news for you. I thought you'd be excited about this. I am very excited. You are right. I probably should have let you talk. Uh, well, for well, it's like ourselves. Uh, so anyway, uh, so I did that. Um, so um, listeners, if you are on BlizzardBattle.net and you want to like add me or whatever, feel free. I did. I'll I'll post it on our Google Plus page. I'll probably post it on UnqualifiedGamers.com. In our like bio section, yep, that's um, my contact info. So there you go. So uh, officially on Battle.net, so that's very exciting. And uh, so cool. So you had an exciting little deal with Comcast. I had an exciting deal with Battle.net. And now we get to go to the listener questions. So if you're new to this podcast or just generally unfamiliar with how we work, we are very active on Google Plus of all places because I work in social media full time and I I, I'm, I I get enough Facebook and Twitter during the day. So we're very active on Google Plus. We have about fifteen thousand followers, which is really shocking. I don't know how that happened. And yep. um, and occasionally we ask questions like, "What did you play this weekend?" or uh, or uh, "Tell us what to talk about on our podcast," because John and I are too busy to like really play video games. Even though you could easily review Warframe this week and maybe will at the end of the episode, but we'll start with yeah, I don't, you. What I don't know if that's so much of a game that like you review and. In- one time i could talk about it maybe this time maybe next time okay cool well then in that case we'll get to the listener um stuff and um and the first thing i want to do before we get into any listener questions is i want to acknowledge a a listener uh, and i don't want to use his full name because like privacy concerns and the internet and all that stuff uh but ryan d uh ryan is uh, maybe our biggest fan i don't know uh, he has listened to literally every episode, according to him, which um, is, I am so sorry to put you through. I have not listened to every John, episode. Do you have listened? Yes. Do you listen? I have listened to maybe <laughs> one episode. So that is doing far better than me. Yeah, at the most. 
So, um, uh, par- and you don't listen to half of what you're doing, so you haven't listened to everything. That, that is entirely accurate. So this is episode 98, and somewhere along the line in our series, I went from iTunes, I recategorized our podcast from iTunes Explicit to iTunes Cleaned. So you'll notice, so on YouTube we swear, and you hear the swears, and that's, that's unfortunate. I'm sorry, children out there. But, um... But on iTunes, if you subscribe, I believe, or if you listen to our podcast at unqualifiedgamers.com or listen to us on Stitcher or what, however you listen to the audio version that I remaster digitally, uh, I bleep out the swears. I did not always do this. So, uh, so Ryan, just out of the goodness of his heart, before, like, we had never talked to this person before ever. He emails us out of the blue in August and he's like, hey, I was listening to your episodes of the show. I uh, was listening to a couple old ones, known as some swear words. Here's a couple uh, times that you swear in this episode in case you ever decide to go back and clean it up. And that was awesome. He's like, yes, at uh, 9 minutes and 29 seconds, you say this. And at 16 minutes, you say this. And it's just like, oh, my God. Like, that will make editing so easy for me. Um, and while I just finished migrating our old episodes to unqualifiedgamers.com, so now all the episodes are there, now I get to go back and, and clean up. But anyway, I mentioned, Ryan, because in the last two weeks, I finally finished this migration. And, like, immediately upon migrating, he emailed us more edits. So I now have, like, a sheet, basically, of all of the swears from the first several episodes. Uh, and I will be editing them, and um, I'll I'll definitely be adding a little tag to the end of, of all episodes that he contributed to and saying, you know, thanks to special thanks to Ryan D for, for helping us out. Cause that is just like a super cool thing. Uh, so you're, you're super much my favorite listener, right? At this exact particular second, uh, not to, and he's also, he's also working on, he's, he just said he started working on some light video game development using that. I think there was a game creator tool that was on sale during the steam sale this past winter. And I'm not sure if he got it then, but I, it, it's the same tool that he says he's using to make a game. So he's currently just kind of playing around with that to make a, a game right now, which is kind of cool. Uh, yeah, Game Maker Studio. Yes. So he's working on some stuff, and we will super promote the heck out of that, uh, you know, if and when you ever want to, like, release that for down. Like, I don't know how that'll work or whatever, but... Uh, but we will. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But uh, we're not game creators. We are not. We're barely qualified to talk about video games. That's right. Um, so that's that's super cool. Like it. Like John and I are, are generally floored when we find out that anybody listens in general. Like mm-hmm. I'm floored when I when people we know listen, and then when people we don't know listen, like that blows me away. And then when people we don't know listen and enjoy the podcast to any degree, it, like it literally kills us. I've died four times. This is gonna sound. This is gonna sound kind of dumb. But when we four years ago, however long it was that we made the first episode of this, we legitimately made this, like started doing this just kind of for us at first because we we live so far apart that we don't get to see each other as much anymore, and also for any of our close friends who we would say, "Hey, we're doing this like dumb thing on the side, literally just for fun." So the fact that it's the fact that it's grown into anything more than that, like a- anything more than that, is incredibly exciting to us. Something that we completely didn't expect, really didn't intend from the get go. So it's been pretty cool. Yeah, it's super awesome. Um, and as a thank you, like I actually, uh, 
have been looking into some ways to improve our website and improve the listening experience a little bit and uh, and just make things a little more enjoyable for you in general, listeners. So you, hope you're going to find a way to edit out your half of all of the podcasts. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. <clears throat> that is what is going to happen. How did you know? It'd be good for everyone. Yeah, sure, it would. Do that. Without further ado, we asked you what do you want us to talk about. So we got a couple. Um, we got a couple uh, suggestions. So John, would you like to read the first one? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my, let's see. This is this is just an order of who submitted first, right? So uh, Michael Acuna asks us, "What do we think about games shipping half baked? Would I rather have a game that is buggy and then patched after release, like Halo Master Chief Collection, or?" Uh, or Assassin's Creed, like that new Assassin's Creed Unity that just came out, uh, or deal with delays, such as the The Witcher and the Division. So, me personally, if I'm going to pay full price for a game upon arrival, I am going to assume that that game is fully playable and that it is as polished as can be because companies have proven that they can release bug-free polished games for full price now it's one thing to me if you're getting into a game on the ground floor like with a steam early access type thing because there exists there exists a there exists a space in the video game community for games that are not fully done it it is called steam early access so like if you want to release your game early access do that because your consumer will know hey this isn't done. There's probably going to be some bugs that I'm going to find. There's definitely going to be stuff that's not completed. I'm probably going to pay a lesser price for this version of the game with the anticipation that of getting the full release for that that lesser price up front. And I'm going to kind of be a, an alpha and beta tester for this game. So that's what that's what I think about. I think it's garbage that these huge AAA titles are coming out and they're completely broken. Like Halo Master Chief Collection, apparently matchmaking didn't work for like a month and a half. And from what I understand, still might not work. That is outrageous. Yeah, that's pretty asinine. Um, I, I mean, I would echo what John said. I would like for a game to be done uh, when it is released. However, we are unqualified, and and I I want to highlight that. Like, I don't know how the business works. Um, from from a lot of things I've read about from the developers' perspective, the industry there are many issues with the industry right now in terms of project management is what it sounds like. Um, Like certain companies, maybe their parent companies or their publishers are holding them to certain standards that are unrealistic or possibly impossible for them to actually achieve. And that kind of forces their hand or their push release dates. Or Activision will say, you have to have a Call of Duty game every year. You know, things like that. Um, And that kind of forces their hand a bit. So... um, I guess, yes, I would I would agree with you. I would prefer if it's all finished. Um, but I'm not going to place blame on any particular party because it sounds like... I mean, the video game industry grew... It exploded, what, like 10 years ago when, when Xbox started to really gain speed and PS2 was out? Uh, I mean, and Nintendo, you know, a little after the game, like when the Wii came out around that time, like the industry exploded. Right, and this like in an immense popularity where suddenly you're getting triple A third party titles. You know, before it was kind of Nintendo and Squaresoft and a few others, but like at this point it's it's impossible to consume every good 
classic, like, big triple-A title series that there is. I've never played an Assassin's Creed or a Far Cry game. John's never played a Halo game or a Call of Duty game. Like, it's impossible to do, right? So, um, with that said, I think that the industry maybe, maybe developed more quickly from a business perspective than it was able to handle. And I think that it's just changed the way some things are happening. So it's kind of like, well, this is like all we were able to do. And, and so I don't know. I guess what I'm just saying is like, I'm not going to get too upset about it because it may suck. It's not any one person's fault. I hope that the industry fixes it soon. And I hope that it doesn't become like an accepted trend. And I hope that they're looking at ways to like not do that anymore. But that's kind of my perspective on what's happening with it right now. Yeah, I think patches are an awesome thing. I think patches to to fix some some bugs later on, it, like it's, you know, PC games have been doing it forever. My fear is that the patches kind of become a crutch. So it's kind of like, okay, it's okay to release, like release a game in its current state. And again, I agree with you. I don't, it's, I don't know whose fault it is. It's probably more the publisher's fault, I would think. You know, game. If a game designer, if you can equate them to like an artist, I'm sure they don't want to see their their product, the thing that they're creating, get shuffled out in a completely broken state. I think that's probably fair to say. So it's probably the publisher's pressure that's causing these games to get released in such a in such a a buggy mess of a state, right? Right. So that being said. Like, patches are great, the fact that they can fix those issues. I just don't want the publishers to use that as as a crutch. Like, okay, we can still release this game for 60 bucks now with the intention of having a game-fixing patch. You know, we know that there's this game-breaking bug that will, like, delete your save file and burn down your house and kill your puppy. Like, we know that could happen to this 1% <laughs> of players. We're willing to take that risk, uh... Because we know that in a month we'll have a patch for it, and I think that that's I think that that may be the approach that some of the publishers are taking, and that's probably not okay. Yeah, I, I would say our favorite companies are the ones that do it the best: uh, Blizzard, Nintendo, Square Enix. They they don't patch games, and if they do, it's a minor patch that improves the experience that's already completed. Like yeah, I mean, say what you will about maybe the quality of of Square Enix's most recent products, but they've they haven't been like buggy messes. Like they they've still been relatively well polished games. You know what I mean? I mean, no, I, whether yeah, whether you like the game design choices in them or not, they've still been polished games. Yeah, the Final Fantasy Thirteen trilogy. Like there are there are no. I mean. There's bugs in every game, right? But nothing is broken about any of those games. And there, to my knowledge, has never been a patch released for any of those games. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Same with Nintendo. You know, Nintendo, Mario Kart 8 was, you know, pretty much, uh, by many accounts, a, a, a 10 out of 10 game when it came out. They patched it a few months later to resolve a couple minor issues people kind of complained about. But it wasn't like, when you race as Peach, she falls to the floor. You know, or like something like outrageous like and that. And burns down your house and kills your property. Right, and kills your property. So there's that. So um, hope that answers your question, Michael. Michael actually had another question. Uh, Microsoft just announced, uh, if you're done answering that, which I'm guessing you I'm are. done. Cool. I'm, uh, I'm finished. Um, so Microsoft just announced Xbox One PC cross-platform play with Fable Legends, and Sony will have it with Planet Side 2 and Street Fighter Five. 
Thoughts and options on cross-platform play? Is it something you want to see more of? And of course, do you think that the PC has the unfair advantage of keyboard and mouse? That's a good question. Hmm. I'll be honest. I I know it's been like said before, but I I think that 10, 15 years from now, we're not going to have home consoles anymore. I really think that. I think we are moving because the because I think we are we are going to move to basically Steambox, only it being a more global thing. I don't think Steam will have completely cornered. Like, they will not have a monopoly on the digital distribution platform of PC. But I think that, like, the... And this may not be answering the the question exactly, but, like, with the, the... Kind of the backlash to exclusivity stuff that's going on right now. Um, you know, gamers are kind of upset a little bit that there are exclusives on certain, cons, on certain consoles that I think we're just going to eventually move to where PC is all that there's going to be. So I think you're going to see more of this cross-play between PC and PS4. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Final Fantasy XIV also does this. To where your PS, your people that are playing on PS4 can also play it with PC players. Now, in terms of having like an advantage for, for mouse and keyboard, probably. Because you've got a lot more inputs, right? Yeah, I would imagine... Like, if I play Borderlands 2 on my PS3, it's laggy as hell. You said it's smooth on your PC, so then like yeah, it was really smooth. How does that how does that factor in then, right? Well, that's just an increase of power, is all that is. That's because my PC is more powerful than your PS3. <clears throat> sure, but context of multiplayer. Yeah, well, then the PC for sure would have a the smoother frame rate would make that much easier to play on. So yeah, I, I would guess. Um... That is interesting. I wonder if they'll have the option. I mean, yeah, I think the PC would have the unfair advantage. Not necessarily keyboard and mouse, but if you've got a stronger rig and you've got a higher frame rate, like, you can... Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do I think about the unfair advantage? I don't know. It'd be nice if they set an option in these games to be like, oh, match with PC players only, or match with uh, PS3 players only, or PS4 players only, or whatever, but I don't, I don't think that's going to be an option, is it? No. Uh-huh. No, probably probably not. But I do think, like I said, I think you'll see this cross this cross platform stuff more and more because you know it used to be that that PCs people were incredibly com- uncomfortable with them because there was a lot more to getting your game set up and working. You had to like manually adjust all of the different graphics settings sometimes just to get the games to work that were for PC. Whereas now there are programs out there that automatically adjust your settings. So like. Um, uh, NVIDIA has a program with their GeForce chips that automatically uh, senses like the power of your computer and adjusts the settings for all of the of the games that are qualified for it automatically to get you like the best settings for your rig. So you don't have to adjust any settings anymore, and like computers in general are just like a plug and play thing because you can get Steam and just download whatever you want. So they're not nearly as intimidating to your to your average Joe user as they used to be. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see. And, yeah, and that's only going to get easier. So I think you'll see that I think you'll see this more often, and I think the PC players will probably have the advantage pretty much every time. Cool. Uh Michael had one more fun question if you would like to read it. Yeah, uh topics of games I love but everyone else hates. And I was trying to think of one, and I really can't. Final Fantasy VIII? I know you loved that game. 
Because I'm a conformist. And so I love what everybody else loves. No, you love Final Fantasy XII, which I really hated. I really love Final Fantasy XII. It's so bad. It's so bad. The storyline is the worst. I feel like you need to play that game again. I I think you I feel like you need to give the game another chance. The storyline, John. You tried to sell me on a story with a character named Buna Velza. You have literally zero right to tell me what story. You said Buna Velza, and you said it multiple times <laughs> in an episode. Yeah. In a way that was trying to be convincing. Well. So no, when the what the the main bad guy's name is Vane. Right, V A Y N E. That's a great. I don't bad know. Guy. I don't even remember his name because he wasn't relevant to the plot because there was no plot. Yeah. Okay. Look, the story needs to work, but the gameplay was good enough. I feel like in that game to carry that game. All right. Whatever. The game that I loved that everyone else hated was WWF Attitude for Nintendo. <laughs> you did not. Did you really like that game? Yes, I loved that game. Was that like No Mercy? No, it was like WWF Warzone. Oh my god! That was when a cl- you, you really loved that. That game? was when a claim had the license. That that game was so bad. Now don't get me wrong. WWF No Mercy is one of my favorite games of all time, and that runs on the same engine as WrestleMania 2000 and WCW versus NWO Revenge. That's the THQ. Joint, That's the THQ right? license, which yeah. everyone mm-hmm. likes. Okay, those games were awesome. Yes, they were. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, they were awesome. Yeah, but I, those games were awesome. But I also enjoyed WWF Attitude and WWF Warzone by Acclaim for Nintendo 64. Um, I think they were on other uh, platforms as well, but I played them on, well, platforms. They were consoles back in the day. There were other consoles they were on, but I played yeah. it on N64. And I didn't mind those games, but I, trying to get anyone to play them was impossible. Like, yeah, that's because they were horrible. Yeah, um, but there were there were many instances where I tried to have people over and try to get them to play, and they just wouldn't do it. Oh wow! So yeah, story, bro. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, that's all I can think of offhand. But if I think of any more, uh, that might be something to come back to next week, yeah. like when we've had more time to think about it. Well, I've thought about it, but I, I mean, that's the one. So, yeah. um, question from a new. Uh, uh, Switching, those are all of Michael's questions is what I'm saying. And now, the next question is from Donovan Jokers 485 What is your opinion on the new Battlefield Hardline? Is it innovative with the cops versus crime theme, or should they have just stuck with standard military theme? So you know nothing about Battlefield. I know a little bit about Battlefield. I haven't actually played the Battlefield games. Um... But traditionally, it's been a giant war zone, right? With, like, I think the, the most recent one had 64 players that could play. It was either 32 or 64 that could play. Something like um, that. Yeah, and and it's always been two sides of a war, right? So this is this is a cops versus robbers thing that's going to be on this new standalone, almost like expansion to Battlefield 4. Um, and it kind of sounds like there was a spies there was a a mode in a game called spies versus mercs and i can't remember the which game it was in i think it was a tom clancy game maybe and from what i understand it was like really good all of the reviews about just the spies versus mercs mode in this game were very good and this kind of sounds like what that was but the thing about i think in in battlefield hardline though i want to say like it's like a 16-person thing. So I think it's still in, like, the grand scheme of shooters. I think it's still a relatively large team-based thing. 
Now, in terms of whether I think it's going to be good or not, I don't know. I have no idea because I've, I've never really played a Battlefield game. I played one Battlefield game one time, and it was, I, I thought it was cool, I guess. But first-person shooters in general aren't really my thing. So I didn't get kind of swept up in it like a lot of other people do. But I would think that since Battlefield players have had kind of the same formula for the past however long Battlefield's been coming out, in its most recent in its most recent um, forms, it's been maybe four years, I think, that Battlefield games have been released. I would think that this would kind of be a breath of fresh air. Like, this could be a nice change of pace. Yeah, uh, I mean, I was going to say, I think that <clears throat> this kind of... Um... This kind of new like um, perspective, right? It kind of circumvents the like heteronormative uh, proletarian way of um, examining war, right? Through conflict and conflict resolution, right? Kind of as seen through, um, you know, the eyes of the hard lines in on the battlefield, and I think that that kind of speaks to. Our culture, maybe as a whole. What do you think? Yeah, no, that sounds good. So sounds good. I, you know, I, I know that's maybe a little heavy for this podcast, but yeah, Here's a good one. Have you ever turned on sex to play video games? Yeah, one time while I was playing multiplayer. Either Call of Duty or Halo, and it was not a good decision. It was not. I, yeah, I did as well when I was playing World of Warcraft. Actually, also very poor. Decision. Yeah, it did not result in a peaceful evening. Uh, no, no, it did not. So <laughs> yeah, I paid for I paid for that decision for a long, long time. Oh man, uh, let's not linger on that one. Uh, but hey, I still mar- I still married the girl, so that all worked out okay. <laughs> oh, hey, there you go. Uh, vintage Gamer Private Lee Brown asks, actually... This I was- is probably a little too broad for everything we're going to go into, but we can, like, touch we'll on touch it. On, we'll bit. touch on it, we'll touch on it, yeah. And, and Vintage Gamers uh, contributed to our website some articles as a well. A lot. So, yeah. yeah, check out unqualifiedgamers.com. He's an awesome dude. Uh, actually, I would like to know YouTube's favorite video game for every slash most genres, such as RPG, action, first-person shooter, strategy, etc., uh, that is that is quite a bit of a broad question, but just to kind of like touch very top level on all of them, um, in terms of like kind of action action adventure. I mean, my my favorite side scrolling platformer as of right now is Shovel Knight. Uh, unless you count Risk of Rain, it is a hundred percent Risk of Rain. I mean, it's Risk of Rain over Shovel Knight. Um, just because I for multiplayer because of multiplayer because it's multiplayer and my best friends play it and I wake up on a Saturday morning and they're on Skype and it's like my best friends in the world don't live in Chicago they live elsewhere like Madison and Moscow and Minneapolis and like I hop on Saturday morning and they're on and we're playing and it's like it's the the best thing and it's such a fun game there's always like little things to unlock and I just love it so Risk of Rain for like you know kind of side scrolling platformers right now um, RPG I mean Final Fantasy 6 maybe Chrono Trigger it, sh- it would be Chrono Trigger but you go back and play it and it's just so easy it's like painfully easy 
Um, so that's the only drawback to that game because good god it's hard to find something bad to say about that game but but it is really easy um, you know um, first person shooter I, I go back and forth between the Call of Duty and Halo series and it's generally whatever the most recent one is I, I'm not one of those guys that's like I'll play Modern Warfare 2 and play it and play it, and then Modern Warfare 3 comes out, and I'm like, oh, this game's garbage. 2 is so much better. 2 is really... Like, I don't care. I only play the most recent one. So, like, Halo 3, I loved. and I, Halo Reach, I was better at than any Halo game, but I liked Halo 4 better. So, Halo 4, you know, is my favorite Halo, so that's how I work there. And then, I don't know, like, strategy... I don't play that many strategy games, but Civ 5. You know, I haven't played StarCraft in years. We'll see. Maybe StarCraft 2 will will, uh, will take its place. Um, you know, Beyond Earth was forgettable. But yeah, Civ 5. I don't know. You want to touch on a couple of yours? Yeah, I actually agree with you on Civ 5 for strategy. Um, it's It would either be that or possibly Warcraft 3 and its expansion. I sunk a ton of hours. I, I, it was the only Blizzard real-time strategy game that I completed all of all of the missions, including like the the final without cheats. Wow! Which the the final missions in some of the Blizzard real time strategy games are really hard. Yeah, and it was the only one I ever did that in, and I really really enjoyed it. And the story totally set up everything for World of Warcraft. So like that's what just kind of gradually eased me into my favorite gaming experience of all time. So like I have a really nostalgic feeling for that game um but it's either that or civ 5 because civ 5 is freaking awesome yeah it's really it's really good um for action games i would actually say either Mega Man 2 which you know was 89 or 88 or something forever ago definitely my favorite Mega Man game um three is a close second or a game that came out for 360 and um for Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 called Vanquish, which was a Platinum game, a Platinum game, same company that Bayonetta. And I had more fun playing Vanquish, like just as in terms of playing a game, than I can remember like playing any other game. It was just so, it's crazy fun to play. And I actually reviewed it on this podcast at one point too. Um, I can't remember what episode. Did you really? But I did. That game was so good though. Uh, First-person shooters, Metroid Prime, which for some reason you insist is not one. I think you're ridiculous. <laughs> it you is an action-adventure game from a first-person perspective. That's such a bullshit. It's a first-person shooter. It is literally a first-person... You are in the first-person perspective, and you shoot things. I don't know what else it would be. You also jump. You can do that in first-person shooters. Yeah, but you can jump more in Metroid Prime. I'm just saying. I, I, I think you're completely ridiculous and then uh, rpgs i i can't pick i can't pick i if you saw my rpg maybe you know what it's probably suikoden 2 really yeah that is one of the best games ever made i think and that just got released on playstation network for like six bucks right it it did it's probably suikoden 2 it it is it is game of thrones meets like harry potter in terms of fantastical. So it's got all of the political intrigue of of Game of Thrones with all of the fantastical elements of Harry Potter, and it's got this really touching story of friendship in it. It is phenomenal. If you have not played Suikoden 2, I would say you should probably do that because it's, it's really good. That's probably my favorite. 
So I should maybe bump it up uh, higher on my list. It's really good. I'm telling you, it's it's really it's really I, good. I, I, there's way more games I want you to play first. I always worry that those games won't hold up. Older games like that. That one will hold up. You're you're that it. sure. Yeah. God, it's that good. It's that good. I mean, I have heard ridiculously overwhelming reviews. And and Suikoden One is really good as well, but it uh, it's you know it's not as good. Like they really perfected that formula with the second game, Do and I, then they really tra- they really trashed it when they went on to the third game. Really? Yeah, they yeah because they kind of it did not make the shift. That was the first game for PS2, and it did not make the shift into 3D well at all. Oh yeah. Yeah, it didn't. Do, it didn't do I need to replay so well. the first Suikoden before I play Suikoden Two? You should, but you don't have to. Ugh. Well, I should then. You should, honestly, you should, but you don't have to. You really don't. And two is two is really really good. All right. Okay. All right. Um, you can go to the next question that Scott asked. Got Scott Parks, uh, also a contributor to our website, right? I think. Um, I think at one point. I feel like an idiot. There's a Scott that contributes to our website, and I can't remember his last name. Oh my god, we have not um, updated our articles in a while. So, to be fair, I am super embarrassed by that, um, but there we are. Pretty sure. Uh, the King of Random right here. Haha. <laughs> hey, I heard that Microsoft was trying to do... Uh, I like how I, I read the haha, that's good. I heard that Microsoft was trying to do cross-platform online gaming to PC with Windows 10. I kind of like to hear what others think of that myself. It would work across other consoles, that'd be great. With third-party games, of course, but it sounds like a great start... The, to end the fanboy war PC master race stuff. So he's basically, I think, asking a little bit, a little bit what Michael was saying about the cross-play stuff. And I think we kind of touched on that already. Um, but I, it looks like they're, let's see, cross-platform online gaming to PC with Windows 10. So it's the, I think it's pretty much the exact same thing. Like having, having your gameplay on both the Xbox and the PC is what that's saying. Um, yeah, I... So we already, we already kind of talked about that. Yeah, um, also Scott Miller... Um, Miller is the contributes, one that, And I was like 99% sure, because I thought the same thing when I looked at his name, and I was like, wow, we haven't heard from Scott in a while. But then I looked, and I was like, wait, that's not the same picture, though. I don't think that's the, I don't think that's Scott Miller from, uh, you know, because he's got his whole, whole other site that he does, right. uh, Reason for Gaming and everything. So, um, you know, we haven't talked to him for a while. You know, we've, I just... Life happens, we're all adults, and keeping anything main... The fact that we even do the podcast on a weekly basis is a minor miracle, uh, let alone keeping it up to date with articles and continuing our relationships with everybody. So, um, you know, we, like, I super... And I, I, I manage most of this stuff. So I sincerely apologize if, like, you're not hearing from us as much in certain ways. I know I've been way less active on Google Plus than I'd like to be lately. Things like that. Like, I, we, we don't talk, I don't get to talk to Vintage Gamer as often as I'd like to, or, like, Chris Long and things like that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it ebbs and flows, and I'm get, hoping the next couple months I can kind of reinvest in this, this, this endeavor of ours, because there are just such cool people that we interact with. Like, everybody on this that we've talked to so far is just awesome. Um, so that's very cool. Um, speaking of awesome people to interact with, there's one other... Uh, oh, there's a couple more topics, actually. But next topic, um, not so much a topic, but we, we did get some feedback from Jamie Butterworth, um, one of our first, like, 
listener slash fans who is awesome and we always you know still talk to on a regular basis uh he said glad to see you posting uh, glad to see you posting jamie uh unfortunately i don't have anything constructive to add right now well neither do i ever but we're still in a podcast uh or any topics that are burning in my brain but i think the only thing really bothering me is my sudden disdain for crowdfunding so um crowdfunding uh, he didn't ask us necessarily what we thought about it, but this kind of goes back to the whole, uh, well, there's the whole thing we talked about, about unreleased games and things like that, I think a little bit, because we don't like that, but there there seems to be, don't you think there seems to be like kind of an influx of crowdfunding debacles in the gaming world that are kind of turning people off to a little bit? You know, I haven't, I really haven't heard a lot of crowdfunding stories pretty much ever again like there was that really really kind of short period of time really in the grand scheme of things where like everything was crowdfunded and now i don't hear about pretty much anything being crowdfunded anymore yeah i have t- and i and i follow a lot of news and like they don't ever talk about crowdfunding really anymore interesting because i i, I look at us I, your number one game of the year last year was crowdfunded Risk of Risk of Rain was a Kickstarter game. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew it was. I knew it. I didn't know that about it. I knew it was a small game, but I didn't realize that it was a crowdfunding. Yeah, that's the first thing you said when we first reviewed it. Yeah, it raised like thirty some thousand dollars out of its like. Oh, I must have looked at that at one point, and I definitely don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. Risk of Rain was crowdfunded, and um, I think one or two other games we reviewed were crowdfunded. But but it's funny you say that because like. Yeah, we've talked about a couple games that were crowdfunded, but, like, currently, I'm not crowdfunding anything. Like, I I can't think of anything. But I have crowdfunded a couple games that are going to be released in, like, a year. Um, I I crowdfunded... I I supported Unsung Story, which is going to be a tactical RPG by the creator of Final Fantasy Tactics. Right, I remember Um, that. And I I crowdfunded um, a side-scrolling platformer that looks kind of like a Mega Man X art style, but stars a female... uh, uh, Mighty Number Nine? No, I crowdfunded that Mighty Number Nine as well because who didn't? Uh, by the creator of Mega Man, if you're not aware. Um, but right. no, it stars a woman, and I can't remember uh, time splitter or time something. But anyway, that looks kind of fun. It looks kind of cool. But um, uh, yeah, I don't have anything. I, f- I feel like I I feel like I haven't heard a lot of stories about people getting ripped off with their crowdfunding lately, and maybe it's because I haven't done a lot of crowdfunding. Yeah. So I guess I I guess I I'm not so privy to that scene, but I feel like it's it's not nearly as big as it was even just like a year ago. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's capable of much good and much evil as we've seen with Anita Sarkeesian existing. Um but yeah, I I don't know. Uh how I feel about it. We'll see how my projects go. I backed a few and I haven't seen the product yet. I I, I kickstarted um, season two of Video Game High School, which is a YouTube series that's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and I have the Blu-ray of season two sitting on my bookshelf. I haven't even opened it because I I watched like a season and a half and then just kind of stopped caring. But it was pretty funny. The only the only two games that I have any experience with crowdfunding is one Risk of Rain, which I didn't even remember was crowdfunded, but I love it. And the other one is FTL, which also showed up on my game of the year. So like those, those were both crowdfunded games, and I lo- I loved them, and that's my only experience with it. So to me, like in just my personal experience, crowdfunding has been a great way for games to get out there. In fact, didn't you didn't FTL make your game of the year two years in a row? 
Yeah, it doesn't. It kind of doesn't count because the second year it was a, it was an upgraded version. It was kind of FTL two, so. I mean, it, it counted. Hmm. It counted for both years. Okay. And I did just verify via Wikipedia, the world's most uh, reliable source, that Risk of Rain, I was right. It it, it asked for $7,000 and ended up with like a little over $30,000 in backers. And well, good for them because it's worth every penny. Good Lord, it's a good game. So, yeah, there's that. Um, so, anyway, there, there's Jamie's. And then uh, you can finish with Jay's final topic. Yeah, his last one is what do I what do I think? It doesn't say anything about you here. What mm. uh, what does John what does John think about Cody? Yeah, I don't I, mean, I feel like think I, that, that... I feel like I've made that clear pretty much every week that we ever do this show. Yeah, uh-huh. Um and, and then also what do I think of retro releases on the digital stores? Uh, so do I think we'll ever see games from the Dreamcast? I think it's awesome because I have okay, so the the video game collector in me doesn't like this, right? Because I've got I have uh, an, an an actual copy of Suikoden two, and before it was released on Virtual Console, I could have probably sold it for two hundred dollars. Now I'm sure the price has dropped since you can now get it digitally, right? But that is the selfish collector in me that really, to be honest, there's not a big piece of me that is that is that way. The vast majority of me says, I want everybody to play that game because that game is awesome. So the fact that they are now, games like that are coming to digital console is fantastic to me. Because you're just going to be able to go on there, and if they do it right, if the companies do it right, you'll be able to take these digital purchases and move them from console to console as the future goes on. Now, will they do it right? I don't know. But... If they do it right, you won't. You won't. You'll have to buy it once. You won't have to buy it a bunch of times digitally. You know what I mean? Yeah, I. I mean, but that's not how it's going to work. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. But regardless, I love that it, it at least gives people access to games that they may not have had a chance to see when they were around, and could otherwise no longer have access to. Yeah, I, I like it. I like that you essentially can have access to any game you want, really, um, on a console. You know, I mean, emulators are out there, and they always will be. And, you know, if somebody wants to download every NES and Super Nintendo game ever made on their computer and play it for free, they're going to do it because it's there. The technology's there. It's been there for 20 years almost at this point. 20? Actually, yeah. It's been around for a long time. It's been around, I mean, 15 years at least. So, you know what? That's just the way it's going to be. But I like that there's a legal way to do it and get a little kickback and and maybe help keep some of these companies afloat. Like Nintendo, right? Like, you know, do I... I think... I don't like some of the pricing on it. Like, should I have to pay $5 for Super Mario Brothers? No. I mean, it's a classic, but come on. Sell no. it for a buck or give it a buck. That's like a buck type game, absolutely. And and even have just some free ones. Just as an as a Nintendo owner, once a month you can download a free classic game. Sure. And make, make it make it something bad. Make it, I don't know. I mean, it's not bad, bad, but you know, like Ice Climber is a terrible game. I'm sorry, it's terrible. No, it's not a good game. Get some no. Ice Climber for a month or a quarter. You know, even even like a every quarter of the year, like four free games a year. Ice Climber, Mario 2, you know, something like that. Do that. Just do it. 
I don't know. I think it'd be really nice. I think they have some opportunities. Uh, you know, Club Nintendo gave me Wario Land 3, which I will probably never play. <laughs> why would I ever play that game? You're never going to play that game. Ever. Like, it's on my... Like, why? I don't know. So that's how I feel about that. Um, Before we get into... Well, that wraps up the listener topics, and I, I wanted to just kind of breeze through... Because we, we used to do this little lightning round where we talk about what the listener's been playing. But first... Um, I, I, I copied and pasted, I, I checked, copied, why am I telling you how I'm reading these? I'd like to address the comments made on our last episode on YouTube. Um, the reason for this is twofold. First of all, I think that the plugin that allows people to comment on our podcast on our website is broken and I need to actually fix that. So that's going to happen. But, uh-huh. but people comment on our YouTube videos. And so I usually check the comments and I check Google plus when I'm at work. Something, my work laptop's one of those corporate locked down work laptops where, like, to even install a program, it has to be pre approved by the special uh, proprietary installation tool, right? So it's very regulated. Does It won't run certain scripts and things like that. And for some reason, Google, like, if I go on YouTube and I click thumbs up on a video or, or on a comment or I hit reply, it pops up a window with a weird URL and then immediately closes it. And that's me. So. What I'm trying to say in a long-winded way is I can't reply to your YouTube comments from my Lorc laptop. And it's kind of hard to do on my phone, too, because I have an Android, and the comment systems are really weird on Android, and I can't reply on my phone either. So basically, most of my day, like when I get home, I kind of, unless I'm podcasting with John, I kind of disconnect a lot of the time. So that's why I'm not replying to a lot of your comments but I want to address some of the things you're saying because, like, I read them and I get really pumped that you're leaving a comment. I'm like, oh, my God, somebody actually commented on something we did that's awesome. So it sucks because I just end up kind of by default accidentally ignoring you a lot, uh, and that sucks. So I want to talk about the stuff um, that y'all commented on because of all the reasons I just explained forever. So did you – I don't know if you printed the Google Doc before I pasted this. It would be the last page. Nope. Nope. All right. Well, then I'll read them. All right. Uh, Henry Levinson um, said, you should play lots of Team Fortress 2, like spending your life playing that. You can make a lot of money selling hats. So was that a complete non sequitur, or were you talking about in the context of TF2? I'm talking about the context of TF2. You can make a lot of money selling hats. Explain. In Team Fortress 2, as you're playing the game, hats can, you have chances of getting hats for your characters, and you can then sell those hats on the Steam Marketplace for Steam dollars, which you can then go to shady underground black markets to convert to real dollars. So people can actually make money playing that game. Is this legal or illegal? The turning the Steam dollars into real dollars is illegal. But the getting the Steam dollars... By selling your hats is perfectly legal. And what can a Steam dollar buy? Games. Anything on Steam. Oh, like like a Steam wallet stuff. Yeah. Oh. It's the equivalent of like selling those trading cards you get when you're playing games. Oh, all right. Awesome. Okay, well, um, I'm not going to do that in terms of the making money, but I may play some TF2. I don't know I'll spend my life playing that, but thank you for the suggestion, Henry. Um, couple other, couple other comments. There's not... 
there's not a zillion comments, don't worry. Um, now, we talked in the last episode about trying to remember games coming out being released by Nintendo soon. So a couple of people cleared that up for us. Uh, Butterworthy mentions, uh, Nintendo releases he could remember offhand. February, Kirby Canvas Curse, Monster Hunter 4, Majora's Mask. Um, I'm going to get Majora's Mask because I'm going to get the new special edition Majora's Mask 3DS because it's the new model, right? I think. I think so. Okay. We'll get back to that in a second, actually. But bear with me. Uh, March, maybe Devil's Third, Mario Party 10, and Codename Steam. I've not heard of Codename Steam. Have you? It made a big splash at E3. I don't remember it. Which one was it? It's a strategy game. Oh, okay. Um, all right. Monster Hunter 4, very popular. But you and I don't... We avoid Monster Hunter specifically because it's so addictive, right? Mm, I don't know. I actually have three, but I've never really gotten into it. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because I've heard it's like uh, one of those like suck-you-in games. Yeah. I will say that our discussion wasn't so much about Nintendo releases. It was about Nintendo flagships. It was about their their most important of properties that makes sense i would argue kirby of, canvas of curse which and majora's mask I, and mario party think, 10 count i think kirby and mario party are both kind of b tier just like star Fox. <laughs> you I really that, i do i kind of think they're in the same tier of releases just because you like just because you like star fox doesn't mean it's like important to nintendo as a franchise i mean fox is in the first smash brothers and Star Fox 64 was a... <laughs> that literally doesn't... That doesn't John, mean Star Fox 64 was a landmark game. Do you remember Nintendo Power's Captain video? Captain Falcon was in the first Smash Brothers. How much F-Zero was happening? That's fair. Okay, that's fair. But do you remember Star, Star Fox 64 was a huge deal? Remember the video where somebody from it... Sony and somebody from Microsoft kidnapped... Uh, or no, Sony... Oh my god. Sony from Sony and somebody from Sega kidnap the nintendo develop kidnap mario and have the I'm nintendo not, i'm not arguing that it like was an important game maybe for the 64 but in terms of nintendo as a whole in terms of the franchises that it pushes and that it cares about it's not up there so what is up there mario zelda is that and it? metroid and met mario mario zelda and metroid, you would put think, metroid in tier a absolutely because i would absolutely. argue that metroid prime 2 and 3 were definitely inferior to the original metroid prime that doesn't mean that they weren't pushed though and metroid other m wasn't pushed that hard and it was kind of outsourced that's because it was outsourced that's because it was outsourced and they're not going to do that again and you know that because of the response they got to that game well the game itself was pretty good yeah i don't know i never actually played it wait really yeah but the response to that game was not... I enjoyed Metroid Other M for the most part. Um, Storyline notwithstanding, Samus is a little melodramatic, but whatever. It was made in Japan. I don't know. I can't fault them for that. Um, yeah, what what other franchises? Uh, you know, I, we're just thinking this off the top of our heads. Donkey so Kong? There are obviously more. Yeah, and, and Donkey Kong is definitely up there. Because Donkey Kong Country was a huge deal. And they've been yeah. having Donkey Kong games come out consistently. Yeah, they have. So I I agree with you there. I mean, if the you're Donkey talking Kong's, like and Mar and Mario, well, and Mario Kart, Mario Kart's a big one. Mario Kart's a tier. Okay, okay. I would say Nintendo yeah. may consider Mario Party to be a tier. I don't think so. They come I, out I with just don't. one all the time. It's probably because it's super easy to make. I would think. I mean, you and I hate Mario Party, right? I mean, yes, we do, and a, and a lot of people do, but they're great for like kids. And you know what? The middle of my palm doesn't like it either. <laughs> 
first that was only because in the first it, Mario Party it's game. It's the worst blisters ever. They that removed I can ever, it ever playing a video game. All right, so listener, if you're not aware, the original Mario Party had a mini game where you would have to rotate the, the dumbest. Joy- <laughs> You'd have to rotate the joystick as quickly as possible, and, and and a lot of people would take the palm of their hand, put it on the joystick, and then rotate their palm really, really quickly, and it would burn the palm of your hand. It would like rip your flesh off. It was very painful. Some people were able to just take it with their like holding it like a pen and rotate it really quickly that way, but it was easier to do it if you just rubbed your palm in a circular motion. Um, but they removed that from every subject. That's the only game it appeared in was the original Mario Party because of that exact reason. But I, I would argue that it did add some variety to the game because since then it's just been alternate buttons or mash buttons. And and or maybe you know occasionally some skill based ones, but I, I I don't know. Anyway, and then but it worthy mentions also April Xenoblade Chronicles 3D, Xenoblade Chronicles X, at least in Japan. Oh, um, and and you know what, Pokemon would be a tier A. Pokemon would be top tier, okay, as well, yeah. Yeah. Um. So I mean, they they have plenty. They have a ton of top tier, in in my opinion, anyway. Granted, keep in mind this is all my opinion. They've got a ton of top tier properties. And it's just they don't have any of those coming out. Majora's Mask, yes, but again, that's like a remake. They'll probably get a lot of people to try that, though, I would think. Oh, yeah, I think so. Okay, okay, I, I get your argument. Um, I would say Butterworthy has a point that at least a lot of B-tier games are coming out this year. So yeah. Nintendo's got a good... But but I, I would still, based on oh, what Smash you... Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers is a Yes, Smash Brothers is a Look at how there's a ton of them. Yeah, ton you, of you're right. So based on what you and I said, uh, yes, I would say Butterworthy, you're right. There are a lot of games coming out this year. I would say that John and I are sticking to what we did say in our last episode in that Nintendo did release all of its really big ones um, last year, other than the Metroid game that will come out later this year. Um, I still think Star Fox is top tier, so I think he does have a point. Star Fox is coming to Wii U this year, so if they come out with a Star Fox game this year, I think that's at least one. But I don't think that even with a bunch of awesome games coming out this year, the Nintendo will release as many earth-shattering top-tier Nintendo titles as it did in 2014. It's still going to be an awesome year for him. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not, I'm not bashing him, but... Uh, I'm still waiting for a damn Mario game that blows me away like Galaxy did. Yeah, but Galaxy... I mean, that, uh, that's... I mean, man, Galaxy was... They can do it again. I have faith yeah, in that. I, mean, I think they will. Yeah, yeah. They're, right. n- they're Nintendo, man. They're they, Nintendo. They, they can do it again. They will. No, Nintendo is awesome. Um, and then Gordon J. Curry commented and added, Don't forget Project Cars, Noity Number 9, Road Redemption, etc. So uh, those aren't exclusives. I think that's a little Ceteris Paribus, but, um, right. but still good points. Um, Michael Acuna actually also um, commented and left some thoughts on Warframe, Hyrule Warriors, and old cartoons. Um, I won't read them all since we did a few of his topics earlier, but uh, in the in the topic of old cartoons, very few hold up today. X-Men does because it used actual storylines from the comics, which were very good. Spider-Man really just did its own thing, and the animation is very bright and looks weird now. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is awesome no matter what. I would agree. I disagree with you, Michael. I'm sorry. About what? Ninja about Turtles? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle thing. Oh, you're yeah. saying it doesn't? Sh- oh, that's right. You should... You should- Freaking watch it again. It's horrible. <laughs> I it's have the horrible. first two volumes on DVD. I will watch it. That doesn't it. mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. You've got a volume of, of that high school musical on your shelf that you just said you hadn't watched. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's true. Anyway, um, 
So a couple of, just a few other YouTube comments. Uh, Butterworthy told me that I need to go play Adventure Mode in Hyrule Warriors. I played Adventure Mode. I played through it and I beat it. But I beat it on the hard difficulty. And then it opens the Hero Mode difficulty level. So I may have misspoken about some of the modes in the last episode, I guess, is what it sounds like I may have done. Um, but yeah, I did Adventure Mode with the, like with the storyline and stuff. It's just that now I'm like, well, do I go back and grab a couple extra heart containers and skill tullas, or do I replay through the whole game on hero mode? I, I don't know. It's, it is a fun game, though. He has put 120 hours into it. That is a lot. It was, it was Butterworthy's Game of the Year for 2014, which I did not realize. Um, again, really good game. Um, not the game I can sit down and play for six hours straight. I'll definitely play a lot. Like, I would love to, after this podcast, go play all level. But, like, one or two levels and I... Oh, I mean, it didn't even make your list. It's so. Yeah, it didn't make my list, but it, it's not because it wasn't good. It's because the other games right. were just... I just preferred. Um, yeah. He also mentions he did not particularly care for Nino Kuni, but I know that you loved Nino Kuni. That was on your list of Game of the Years for uh, 2013. So, we'll, we'll see how I like it. I'll be the tiebreaker. How's that? And Son of Whole Horse commented, Not interested in Splatoon? Not enjoying all the seasons of Reboot? Heresy! Otherwise, great episode. Thank you, uh, Son of Whole Horse. Also, somewhat surprised that we didn't touch on the whole us, uh, US getting the new 3DS XL, but not the regular model, unless you both prefer the XL and don't care. I prefer the XL, so I don't care. Um, and he says, My favorite DS model of all time is still the DSi, and if I could have the new 3DS in that form factor, it'd be a day one purchase, still personally holding out hope for a future release. Um, I did not remember the DSi. Do you? Yeah. I didn't own one, but I did remember it. What it's was... pretty apparent. I think it's pretty apparent that it was almost the exact same thing as what this new 3DS is going to be. It was more powerful and that it had like a better internet type interface for downloadable content. Okay. Um you know, I, I think this is pretty. This makes it pretty apparent that we're Americans and we like our we like our big. So I think it, it's probably just that in in their comparisons between when they sold their 3ds's and 3ds XLs, their 3ds XLs must have sold a ton more in America, right? So the small there's probably a very because if there was a market for if they thought there was a market for the new 3ds then they would make them for the U.S. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a country where people have smartphones that are essentially tablets. Yeah. Now, the bigger the bigger question, the bigger issue might be, why don't they just unlock the regions for it and just allow you to import then if you want to? That's probably the more interesting discussion to me anyway, is that why keep them region locked at this point? Do they manufacture all of the consoles worldwide in japan probably not I, you know what i don't know i have no idea and that's the thing see i i read somewhere on a kotaku comment i think um because people were mad about nintendo not re- producing enough of something amiibo maybe who knows and what the comment said was and i have no idea if this is true was that after the tsunami in Japan that they had a few years ago, it destroyed one of two one of Nintendo's two manufacturing facilities. So they've been manufacturing at fifty percent capacity for the last few years, and that's why when you pre-order, like unless you pre-order something from Nintendo, they won't produce it because they're constantly strained for production. It was the GameCube controller adapters, I think, actually. Um, 
or somebody talking about uh, some related article about like basically if you don't pre-order from Nintendo, you're not going to be guaranteed a copy. So I don't know if that's true, but that's the kind of stuff that makes me less angry. That makes me less like I'm going to point the finger and be angry about something. Right, but the 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 point that I'm trying to make is like they're going to have regular 3ds's. They're going to sell the regular new 3ds's. That's a really bad name. They're gonna have, they're gonna have regular new 3ds's, the small size that are going to sell well in Japan because that's what like that is what sold the best over there from the previous ones. My point is more just like let Americans if they want that small model, just let them import it from Japan. Like the ones, the people that really want that smaller model will go out and find it if you allow them to. My point is just that they're all region locked. So you can't get onto the U.S. store by getting those particular 3DSs. And my point is that I don't understand why the region locking happens, and it could be for logistical reasons that are beyond our control, for all we know. It, it could be more... There's probably a lot of legal reasons why they're region locked. There could be, be that honest. as well. Because because a lot of the software, you know, there's different laws in different countries about the software that y- you can have digitally available. So that's probably a big portion of it. I'm sure there's a good reason why they do that, but... It makes it very difficult for people who want that other model and just are like they won't be able to get it. Sure. And, and my, my story, a little example, is just an illustration of the type of thing that many people may not know anything about. Like, let's say that's right. true. I don't think most people are aware of that. Like, Nintendo has manufacturing issues. Like, if that's even true, who knows? So, and like you said, there could be legal stuff. So, you know, I, we're not qualified to talk about it. That's what I like about this podcast is that I I think we both try to be open and honest about the things that we don't know about because speculating or being like, oh, Nintendo's doing this or doing that, you know, like a lot of times companies aren't like, they're not like doing something to spite a customer, right? Like video game companies aren't all the WWE, okay? Um, they don't just do stuff to piss us off. I think there's a lot of times there's red tape or logistical reasons or, or something preventing them. So it's like, you know, oh, they didn't do it okay i mean what can i do uh um and with that we can talk about what listeners have been playing if you'd like to to start that off and just we'll quip about it briefly before we end this episode absolutely we'll go down the list so john alex uh, cologne says some fallout 3 maybe some starting the mass effect trilogy so that's like a four year ago (laughs) Post. I talked to John uh, about this on Friday, actually. I hung out with him, uh, and he is has not played the Mass Effect trilogy, but everyone's telling him he should. And uh, So, John, I would say start with two. One has its merits, but it's a very hard game to go back to now. But So I would say start with two. You don't miss a lot but you, from one. But Just, you have to do all three if you're going to do all No, three. you don't. Just read about one. <laughs> you don't have to, because you want to actually have fun when you play games. Uh, Kieran Atril says, some Far Cry 4, I'm probably getting my uh, flight... I did not read flight stick when I first read that word. Uh, and probably getting my flight stick out and making progress on X-Wing. You ever play X-Wing? Is that the name of the game? Yeah. Like X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter? Uh, no. You Blake is obsessed with them, our friend. Yeah. The people that like, got into Space Sims back in the day really got into Space Sims. I never had a PC, so I could never play it. I don't know. Uh... Jay Kotsu, Jay Kostu says Wolfenstein: The New Order and Dark Souls. Good luck. You know how I feel about 
You know how I feel about Dark Souls. One of your games of the year from last year, right? Oh my god, that game is so good. Opal Scorpion says, I agree. Also, Marwin's music. Yeah, that's... Oh, so I, I posted this with a meme that has... It's the Skyrim title screen, and it says, I really want to play this game, but I don't want to exit the main menu because the music is so good. Which is fu- right. funny because... um. Uh, you know the board game Seven Wonders? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like a civilization kind of thing. Um, I used to play, and I, we would turn on the Skyrim main theme and just have that loop as we played Seven In Wonders. Background. Yeah. That's pretty good. And it was phenomenal. So, apparently... Gonna... so But Opal said, I agree, Morrowind's many music, many obols I have puffed on the menu screen before I began to play and then found myself jamming out for a half hour without pressing start, LOL. That is hilarious. Uh, Christopher Long says, This weekend is a blast from the past for me with Guitar Hero 3. Through the fire and flames, here I come. I don't think I ever could play that song. No one could ever play that song. I think he's kidding. But if you're not, then, Chris, you are a legend among men. And Guitar Hero 3, I'd like... Th- yeah, yeah. That is that's that is good and classic. That's some good stuff. That was my first here's, guitar game. Here's Scott Parks. Uh, I hate to say it, but Trivia Crack is so damn addictive. Haha. Ha. Haven't played Smash in a couple weeks due to sending it off to be clean, so I may jump on it for a bit. I'm playing Trivia Crack with my wife basically all the time. Really? We're always playing it. Yeah. I started playing it with a friend, and then... Uh, sh- I tried to get you to play a game with me, but you didn't play Did you really? So, thanks a lot. No, I, 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 I uninstalled the app, so I didn't even get that. I'll reinstall it, maybe. I, I uninstalled it because I was only playing with one person. And my problem with that game is I keep getting answers right, and then it's like, I just play for like 10 minutes straight, and I'm like, oh my god, I'd rather be... Oh my god, the burdens of being so smart. Right? I it's... know... I know so much trivia. That's the problem. Oh, woe is me. I'm so good at trivia that the turns take too long. Like, Words of Friends, I bust it out, I play one word, and then I'm done. Trivia Crack is like a half hour, and like, I don't have time for that. I have other games to play and things to read on Facebook and stuff. Oh, being the best at something is so hard. Tom Vasek says, Alien Isolation and Telltale's Game of Thrones. Now, was Telltale's Game of Thrones supposed to be really good? I mean, it's another Telltale game, so if you like their storytelling stuff, then yes, I do. I think they're awesome. What's Alien Isolation? Is that from the Alien series? No, that's a AAA title that's a survival... It's like the first... I don't know if it's the first. It feels like the first AAA survival horror game that's come out in forever. Hmm. So it's a AAA survival horror game. What about... So when did Resident Evil stop being AAA survival horror games? When was the last time the last one came out? Oh, f- six. Yeah, maybe a year and a half, two years ago, and it they're kind of stopped being survival horror at five, five, and it turned into more of an action game. Got it. Okay. Okay. Um. After watching my friend Jersey, you didn't play, say whose uh, comment this is. Oh, I'm sorry. Crawler three 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 says after watching my friend Jers let's play videos, I've got back to playing Warriors Orochi three again. I get the impression that Crawler333 would get along incredibly well with Guy, our friend Guy. Why do you think that? Because he seems to watch a lot of anime that I have never heard of, <laughs> Crawler, uh, because I also follow, follow him on Twitter, and he seems like he plays a lot of obscure video games that I have never heard of. And Guy does do both of those things, in Guy the best way possible. Both of those things. 
Yeah, there's no... I'm not saying that in any kind of derogatory manner. I'm just saying, like, there is a whole subset of video games that, like, you and I have no... We already know barely anything about any video games. <laughs> these these are games that like you and I have haven't literally never even heard of, which is a game like this, Warriors of Orochi Three. I I have literally never heard of that. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought you would have heard of that. No. Um, and then as far as and then he and Jerris talk a bit, and then the final comment yep. is from Vintage Gamer Privately Brown. And he says, Bit Trip Runner 2, which I have dabbled around with, Vintage Gamer, and damn if that game is not super groovy. I really like that game. Um, it's just a, it's an endless runner game based around music. And, like, the whole gag of the game is that, it like, you make music as you play it. It's a platformer that you make music as you play. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. Because I've played Bit Trip Beat and Bit Trip Void. Yeah, and those are the other bit trip games. I, yep. I enjoy them. Um, yeah. After five to ten minutes, I feel like my eyes are going to bleed out of my yeah, this skull. This doesn't really do that because it's definitely it looks like more of a traditional platformer runner um, when you're playing it. the The best part about Bit Trip Runner to me is that you kind of get into this flow and like just your your once you get into a, a flow when you're playing the levels, it just you just go and you like stop thinking about what you're doing and it's really cool. Yeah, that's super aw- yeah, I I I liked it's really the series. Fun. Uh my old roommate Russian John who's been on this podcast sadly uh hated those games. Like he, I, he would watch me play for like 30 seconds and he's just like this is the worst thing I've ever seen. So that actually answers the question from earlier, what games have you loved that other people have played it uh ha- hated uh I really enjoyed the bit trip games, and and my friend John just, and I think Blake too, who I used to live with, they just hated those games. Just they'd watch me and they'd just be like, "This is the worst thing I've ever seen." Yeah, but I enjoyed them. I really did. So uh, kudos to you for playing Bit Trip Runner. I should check out Runner. I don't think I've played Runner. I've played the other Bit Trip games, but yeah, just get Bit Trip. I think it's only Bit Trip Runner two, or at least that's the one you should get. It's very good. Awesome, cool, and it's on the Wii, right? I think it's just Steam. Bitrip run no the I've only I've only played the Bitrip games on Wii. Then maybe it is on Wii, but you can definitely get it on Steam. Oh, okay, all right. Well, maybe so that's, uh, that's where I have it's it. It's probably cheaper there, but uh, you know, for sure. There's that. Well, look at that. We did a whole uh, listener centric episode, and I feel good about myself. We did. I do too. I don't, well, I certainly don't feel good about you. I feel good about me. <clears throat> right? Yeah, that's generally the way we kind of. I've done ninety eight of these with you. It's pretty much the worst decision of my life. There's that. Actually, one more quick special thanks. Uh, special thanks to my friend Andrea, who inspired me to finish migrating our episodes. Um, she kind of lit a fire under my ass and has listened to our podcast and for whatever reason god knows why seems to enjoy it from time to time so just one of those people who for whatever reason still blows my mind that anybody likes what we do but i'm glad that we're entertaining people and she kind of inspired me a little bit to get those the rest of those episodes up and they're up literally every episode of unqualified gamers is on unqualifiedgamers.com um you can subscribe to us on itunes and we're also on stitcher where you can find all our podcasts and I'm going to be updating our website with a couple mini pages that'll make it even easier to listen to us. Um, so if you're not like savvy on podcasts and you're not like you don't really know how they work and subscribing to RSS, yes, RSS, you subscribe and... like all these. I'm going to make yeah. it easy. So there's just a couple pages where you can literally just click on any episode, and there they are. So I'm going to make it a little more accessible. Um, 
and uh, and we'll do a little work on it. And I'd attribute a lot of that to to Andrea, kind of help me out there. So that's cool. So thank you, thank you. If you're if you're continuing to listen to this insanity, um, but yeah, that's all the listener appreciation we'll do right now. There's lots of other ones of you that we love, but we'll just hold it off, hold off there for now, because we have two more episodes till we get to a hundred. Then what? Then what? hundred one. Well, then you're you're done, right? Yeah, then we're done. Then we become the new Highlander. The next Highlander? Is, uh, you know, I've never seen Highlander anything. I haven't either. Yeah, you have. It was never. It was never really my thing. Growing up, all of I our friends that, watched Highlander. I saw that one movie that was really bad. Endgame. Yeah, that was the one with Edge. Yes, that was the one. It was really bad. It's the only thing I remember. Good. Cool. All right. But hey, there can be only one. There can be only one. It's gonna be. It's gonna be me because you suck. Oh, okay. All right. Well, um, we appreciate you, listener. If you appreciate us, please give us a thumbs up or comment on whatever media you're you're doing this on. And the podcast awards, the tenth annual podcast awards, are coming up soon. So go to podcastawards.com. And if you like us, thing in their gaming category, you can nominate us for the gaming podcast of the year. Um, the name of the podcast is Unqualified Gamers. The website is unqualifiedgamers.com. But just go to podcastawards.com under gaming, pop in our name and URL, hit submit, and that'd be awesome if you nominated us. And uh, we would so much appreciate that. So good. That would be awesome. That would be really awesome. Um, but if, if you don't want to go that far, then at least just like give us a little thumbs up and that'd be really, really great. And uh, you know, subscribe on YouTube and all that stuff and all the like us, share, blah, 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 all that um, actually matters. So, so thanks. Thanks for that. And thanks for 98 great episodes. We'll try to do another couple really good ones soon and, and have more cool stuff and all that. Right, John? Are you, are you trying to say that we love them? I was actually thinking of thanking the listener we, by just eliminating you from... Like, we love you. We love you. Do you... Are we going to do, like, voices now? We love you so much. Or perhaps the British will say I love you, right? Is that what we're going to do there, Gunnar? Is that what we're going to do there? Is that what we're going to do there, Gunnar? Eh? Is that right? Yeah, I went, 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 I